Amen. So we are living in uh, interesting times. Uh, things are changing really, really fast. Uh, I left the country for about like 10 days, and I came back, and there was a different government. <laughs> there was a different prime minister. In fact, when we came back, there was no prime minister. I'm like, what, what just happened, right? Uh, things are constantly changing and moving, and you see, out of nowhere, now we have a new virus that's circulating, that's forcing all of us to, to rethink how we do life on a daily basis. It's, it's changing, and, uh, changing the way we do things, and uh, we kind of see the, the fragility of our comfort zones. Things can change in an instant. Things can change in an instant. The thing that you were so certain of, uh, you know, like just traveling, some of us would have planned our holidays and now all that is in doubt. You've got airline companies struggling to pay their staff and com companies that are actually literally closing down simply because of one virus that no one can see. But look at the damage that it can do. And that's, there's so much of bad news. And as Christians, we are not exempt from all that is going on. We go through good times, we go through bad times, we are subject to the same issues that others are subject to. We too have to wash our hands every now and then, or more like every day. And uh, the difference is how do we respond in the face of such things that happen? How do we respond? Because we need to be extra vigilant in, in moments like this, in the face of all that is going on, because in moments like this, it's easy for us to get our eyes off God, to get our eyes off His Word and react like everybody else is reacting. There must be a difference in the way you react because you have a hope and that hope is Jesus because the God you serve is real. He's alive. He hears you. He sees you. He's seated on the throne. He was there yesterday. He is there today and He's going to be on the throne forevermore. He is in control. He is Lord of all. Amen. So there has to be a difference in how we react based on the knowledge that we have. Instead, we should face all the things that are going on and we should hold on to God's Word and His promises like never before. We anchor our faith on the reality of God and His Word because the Scripture says, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the Word of God stands forever. That means there are things that are going to change. There are things that are, that, that are there that are not going to be there anymore. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the one constant that you and I have as we journey through this life filled with ever-changing circumstances and scenarios, the one constant that we have, the one thing that will not change is God and His Word for you. His promises for your life is not going to change because of the presence of a problem. His promises for your family is not going to change because of the presence of a problem. His promises for our nation is not going to shift because of the presence of a problem. The Word of God stands forever. And in moments like this, we need to hold on to the Word of God like never before. Amen? Amen. That's what sets us apart. So we don't anchor our confidence on the economy 
you know, it rises and it falls. We don't anchor our confidence on politicians. They say something today, tomorrow they're jumping here, jumping there, jumping here, jumping there, jumping there. You know, we don't anchor our confidence on what the politicians say. We don't anchor our confidence in the government. Today they rise up, tomorrow they will. someone else will rise up and take over the power and say something else. We anchor our confidence in God's unchanging word, His unwavering love towards us, His people. Amen. But what do we do when our lives or our circumstances are not looking like the promise, are not looking like that prophecy that we received over our lives and our future, or what was prophesied over our country many years ago, and over even the role that you play in your country, and all of a sudden it is not looking like the promise. And I want to go back a couple of thousand, a couple thousand years and and learn some lessons from the children of Israel. Just like you and I, the children of Israel received promises of God for their lives and for their future. While they were slaves in Egypt, God says to them, He gives them this prophecy, this promise. He says, I'm going to give you a new land. It's going to be a land flowing with milk and honey. This land is your inheritance. And God is giving them a prophecy about their future. You're no longer going to be living as slaves in this land. You're no longer going to be living as victims. You're going to be moving to a land where you will be blessed in all that you do. They get this great prophecy. And we know the story, they journey out of Egypt and after 40 years in the wilderness, uh, they come to this place, they are at the border of the promised land and they are looking at the fulfillment of prophecy, they are looking at the blessings that God has promised them, it is right before them, they can see it in their eye, before their eyes and they send forth spies into the land to check out the promise. Is it all that God said it would be? So the spies go into the land, 12 spies go into the land, and lo and behold, they see giants in the land. They see circumstances that seem to be standing in the way of their inheritance of the promise of God for their life. They see scary circumstances. They encounter circumstances that seem to be contrary to what God has said or the promise of God for their lives and their future. And this giant seems to be in the way and they seem to be like so big and now the Israelites cannot seem to see beyond the giants that are before them. And they respond to what they see not based on what God had told them, not based on His word or, his, or the promises that he, he had given them. In this crucial moment, they take their eyes off God and they respond uh, they allow their, their thoughts, their speech, their outlook of their future to be influenced not by the promise that God had given them, but by the giants that they see before them in the promised land. You see, Malaysia is the land that the Lord has given us. Amen. Remember the promises. He will bless this land. He will bless you in this land. And like the promised land of all, our promised land is not without its giants. But let us learn uh, the, the lessons from the Israelites and not allow the presence of the giants to cause us to take our eyes off the promise of God or off the God of the promise. I know in moments like this, a lot of people will come and bring some prophecy that was hiding somewhere or, and, you know, and say, you know, see, God's going to judge Malaysia. This is what's happening. This pastor said this or that person said that, you know, uh, five years ago that God is bringing judgment upon this nation. He's fed up. He's fed up with the church. He's fed up with the, with the country. Listen, when, when you 
when you when you hear things like that listen go back to the scripture when i read about even the nations of sodom and gomorrah which was so filled with sin and evil even in that nation god was going to bring judgment upon that nation but god comes to a point where he says even if i find 10 righteous in that nation i will spare the entire city listen Malaysia has its faults we have our corruption we have all kinds of things that are going on but let me tell you there is more that than 10 righteous people in this nation of Malaysia and we are interceding for the nation and the Lord said if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves would turn away from their sin would seek their faith I will heal the land the future of this nation is not dependent on the 96 or 94 year old politician is dependent on the church of Jesus Christ rising up and interceding for this land malaysia will be saved malaysia will be blessed because of the righteous in this land amen you see at the end of the day it wasn't the giants that kept them out of their inheritance It wasn't the giants that kept this entire generation of Israelites out of their destiny it is was it was their response in the face of the giants that kept them out what is our response going to be in the face of the giants that we see in the natural or the question i should ask is are the giants in your life blocking your view of god's plans and purposes or promises for your life are are you allowing those giants to get your focus off the word of god and the promise of god for you we know the story 12 spies go in 10 spies come back and they say no way we can't take this land the giants in the land we we see ourselves as grasshoppers and you know no way we can do this the giants are too big too strong too ugly but two spies come back and they say we are well able to overcome we can take this land you see two spies in the face of the circumstances that were before them two spies had their eyes on god 10 spies had their eyes on the problem two spies trusted god's promises for their future 10 spies forgot the promise of god for their lives and their future when they saw the problem two spies inherited the land eventually 10 spies fell in the wilderness their response in the face of the giants determine their destiny you know today you have a future that god has spoken to you about we all have dreams that god has put in our hearts for our future you have a destiny that is uniquely yours and and your fulfillment of that destiny is not only going to bless you it's going to bless people uh, that god put you among so you're going to you're going to impact others in your life but on this journey there will be moments where that i guarantee you where your life will not look like it's going in the direction that god said it's going to be going into there will be moments when you will face giants in that place of promise and sometimes these giants will, will will be so overwhelming may seem so it may be a giant uh, um, a bad medical report it may be a giant financial report it may be a career issue and sometimes it it can seem so overwhelming that you think you're not going to get past them and that's the key you think and that's exactly what these giants are designed to do to get you into a position where you start to think wrong about god where you start to think wrong about your future where you start to think wrong about your destiny about the plans of god for your life so you settle you shift from faith to fear 
you decide to stay in an in a place of mediocrity for your life if you received god's promise and you believe god's promise for your life and your future you will face giants don't let those giants rob you of the great future that God has for you. Don't allow a, a temporary financial situation cause you to, to panic and compromise and forget God's promise that He is the one who has given you the power to produce wealth. Don't allow the bad news for the moment uh, cause you to lose sight of the fact that, that, that God causes all things to work for good. Whatever the enemy intended for evil, God is going to work out for good and for the salvation of many. Don't allow a, a relational or a family issue to cause you to forget that God is going to bless you. The generations of the upright will be blessed, that you and your household will be saved. Do not forget the promise of God for your life. Don't allow a job situation to cause you to forget that your promotion, the scripture says, doesn't come from the east or the west or the south. God is the one who raises one up and puts down another. Amen. Don't allow what you see in the natural right now over our country to cause you to forget that God is Lord of all. He is Lord of Malaysia. Amen? So going back to Joshua and the children of Israel from that moment where they left the promised land, they couldn't enter in and they went back into the wilderness. Now, fast forward. 40 years later. Now, here comes Joshua. With the children of Israel, Joshua is now armed with the same promise, the same promise that Moses had 40 years ago. He's standing at that same point with that same prophecy, facing that same promised land with the same Giants, the only thing that had changed is that those people who couldn't see past those giants were no longer with them on this journey. Because as long as they were there, they couldn't get in. You know, there are people on your journey, the people on your journey can have a huge impact on your journey. It's frustrating traveling with people who don't see it like you see it, who don't believe it like you believe it. If they don't see it, if they don't believe it like you believe it, they can't be with you when you're trying to inherit it. You know, there are people who you have to leave behind in the wilderness because their negativity is not only keeping them out, it's keeping you out of your inheritance. You know, an entire generation of faithless, fearful complainers needed to die in the wilderness before God could release the promised land to this new generation. God needed to deal with the faithlessness of that people. Sometimes it may not even be people, it may be areas of your life that needs to be dealt with so that those areas don't sabotage your journey. What needs to die in your life so that you can step into the promise of God for your future? Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's doubt. And they're constantly there telling you why, you why it's not true, why you can't go in, why you can't cross over the Jordan, why you can't lay hold of the promise, why you're not going to make it, why it's not going to happen. Constantly there. 
Because there are areas of your lives that needs to die and it needs to be put down so that you can step into the promise of God for your life. You know what those areas are. And we here they are now, again, at that same spot. Like I said, armed with that same promise. And now they have another opportunity to lay hold of God's promise for them. Another chance. Don't you just love it that our God is a God of the second chance? In fact, it's not just a God of the second chance, it's a God of the third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance, sixth chance. And some of you are here because you took the eighth chance that you got from God. Some of you took the 25th chance that you got. Amen? He's the God of chances. And you know, that's just God. He just doesn't give up on you. You may have given up on Him many times, but our God does not give up on you. So here they are. They're standing now at that same point. You know, some of you may have walked away before. Some of you may have turned back before. You may have allowed giants to cause you to turn away from God, what God had or had or God had for you. It may be disappointments, it may be a career, it may be fear. But let me tell you, today you are at that point again at the Jordan. The promise of God for your life has not changed. Like I said, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the Word of God stands forever. That same promise that you received when you were a young person, that same promise that you received five years ago, three years ago, two years ago, that same promise is there and is still valid for your life if you're ready to cross over and lay hold of it. Amen? Tap the person next to you and say, I'm laying hold. I'm laying hold. So Joshua crosses over into the promise of God. He crosses over and he comes smack. He's in the promised land. He's leading the people. They cross over into the promise of God and smack he comes face to face with another giant. Ayo. God, this is the promised land. This is what you said you'll give me. What's this other giant? What's this giant doing here? And, and this time it's not, not giant human beings like Robin. This time it's a giant wall. I see the, the enemy is very strategic. He knew the giants, the Nephilim wasn't going to, to work anymore. It's not going to uh, stop Joshua. Yeah, it worked 40 years ago uh, with some of them. But, but you know, now, now all those people who are afraid of the giants are no longer a part of this Joshua's new team, this army that's coming in. So the giants are not going to work. Plus, Joshua is leading them. And Joshua was the guy who, who were not afraid of the giants back then. The first time he encountered him, he's definitely not going to be afraid of the giants right now. So let's give him another giant, another obstacle that may cause him to be discouraged, then may cause him to turn back, then may cause him to stop believing. And it's a giant wall. It says in Joshua chapter 6 verse 1, Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. No one went in and no one came out. The walls of Jericho were notorious for how big and strong and what's the word? impenetrable, impregnable, right? Impregnable they were. No one could go through. No army could break down this wall, could, could take the city of Jericho because these walls could not come down, could not be penetrated. They were the strongest walls, the strongest fortresses of their time. Joshua stands before this wall. There was nothing that he had 
in the natural that could bring down this wall or that could go through this wall. Joshua didn't have special cannons and, and bombs that could, that could break the wall. He, didn't, he was not armed with any of those. The only thing Joshua was armed with as he stood before this giant wall, before this giant obstacle, was a promise from God. He comes before this wall armed with God's promise for his life and for his future. You see, some time back, God came to Joshua. It says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 to 7, it says, after the death of Moses, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. The Israelites across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set your foot, will, you will be on the land that I have given you. And then he goes on and tells you from where to where, where. And then verse 5, he says, No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead the people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Joshua is armed with a promise from God. Listen, that's all you need. You need to be armed in the face of the giants, in the face of the hurdles, in the face of all the enemies that are standing before you. If God said it, I'm going to believe God. God said it, that settles it. I believe it. I'm going to believe God's promise for my future regardless of what it looks like in the natural. So God gives Joshua this amazing promise. I'm giving you this land. You're going to possess it. And, and you're going to not only, you're going to possess it, you're going to lead my people into their, their inheritance. But now there's a wall standing in the way of the fulfillment of God's promise to Joshua. And like I said, it's described as, the, as a giant wall, a huge wall. So a couple of things happen and, uh, and these are the keys. So I finally come to the keys, three keys. And uh, I came up with SOS. Three things that happen. SOS. Come on, everybody say SOS. God comes to Joshua. Joshua's looking at this huge wall, at this huge problem, at this huge hurdle, at this huge obstacle, at this giant in his way. God comes to Joshua and he says, See, I have given you Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty man of valor. And that's the first S. See the promise. We need to be people who know how to see the promise. God wants us to see the promise. What does Joshua see in the natural? In the natural, he sees a wall shut up so tight no one could get in or get out. Joshua sees a problem. Joshua sees an impossibility. And, and 40 years uh, before, the children of Israel came and they, they saw the problem. They saw through natural eyes. They saw the giant. And because they saw the giant, they got their eyes off the promise. But now God comes and He says to Joshua, basically what He's saying is, don't fix your eyes on what you see in the natural. Don't fix your eyes on the problem. Fix your eyes on what I have promised you for your life. God is saying to Joshua, see through the eyes of faith. God is asking him to see what has not yet happened. And that's faith. Faith may not affect your sight, but faith will give you vision 
to see beyond the natural. Look through the eyes of faith. You see, vision doesn't have to be based on what you see in the natural. It allows you to see beyond the limitations of your sight. What we see in the natural today, we, are, we have nine congregations in, in Malaysia and in India and in the Philippines. What we see in the natural today, we, we only pursued because we, let me, let, me, let me rephrase it, we saw through the eyes of faith when there was Pastor Debbie and me and nine other people meeting in Auntie Geraldine and Uncle Francis' house about nine years ago. In the natural, we didn't have the people, we didn't have the resources, we didn't have the church building, we didn't have the location. All we had was vision for a future that God had called us into. All we had with us was a promise of what God was going to do through our lives and through this ministry. The only reason we, we didn't keep on going because of what we saw in the natural, because if we focused on what we saw in the natural, we wouldn't be here today. We kept on going because of what we saw through the eyes of faith, what God was going to do. You see, Joshua at this point didn't need sight of the natural. He needed a vision for his future based on God's promise for his life. You see, what you see in the natural may discourage you, but God is inviting you this morning to see through the eyes of faith for your life, for your family, for your future. See, I have given you Jericho. See, I have given you Malaysia. See, I have given you the healing. See, I have given you the breakthrough. See, you and your household are safe. See, your children are mighty in the land. See, every time I say see, Vincent goes, huh? Huh? Because his name is Vincent C. See, three children. God is inviting us to have supernatural sight. What do you need to see about your future? Based not on what the circumstances are telling you, not based on what the, the reports are saying, not based on what your teacher has said or your parent has said or this person is saying, or, or based on the, the, the job situation. See based on what God has promised you. Don't allow the giant before you to take your focus off the God of the promise because He is faithful, He is able, He will fulfill all your days as He has promised. Amen? You know, I like how God speaks in past tense about His promises for your future. You know how He can speak in past tense about your promises for your future? Because He's already there. He's not limited, limited by time. He's already been to your future. He's already seen what you're going to accomplish. That's why he goes to Abraham and he says, I made you a father. I've made me, what? I, I've got no kids. I'm like a hundred years old. I can't get anything up. How am I, what are you talking about? A father of nations. God has seen the future. Amen. And in fact, he had to change Abraham, what Abraham saw. Abraham needed to see based on the promise. So he told Abraham, he said, Abraham, come out of your tent. Abraham was inviting God into his tent. God, 
See, how am I going to have this? How is this going to happen? Look at my servant. Maybe my servant is going to inherit all, you know, all my, my, my property, my future. You know? and so Abraham was inviting God into his limited space based on what he saw in the natural. Come into my tent and see what's going on in my, my tent. And, but God says, listen, Abraham, you need to come out of your tent and come into my tent. Come on. Come into my tent. Look up! Count the number of stars. Can you count them? That's how much your descendants will be in the land. And in the daytime when you can't see the stars, what do you feel under your feet? The sand. Can you count the sand? That's how much your descendants are going to be. And God gave Abraham a future, a vision of his future that caused him to see things differently about his future. Some of you need to come out of your tent and know you've got God trapped as a hostage in your tent, in your limited space. God, see my problems, see my mother, see my sister, see my children, see my bank account. See God, see all that is going on. But God's inviting you to come out of your tent. Come out, come into my tent. Because in His tents, there are no limitations. Amen. Amen. See, he says to Joshua, if I go off on a tangent, see, I have given you Jericho. I didn't just give you Jericho, I gave you all its men, its king. Joshua is just staring at the walls of Jericho that are still up, king still active, army still on the wall, and God says, see beyond that. See beyond the giants, amen? That's the S, see. See through the eyes of faith. Tap the person next to you with the elbow because you don't want to get infected with anything. See. And then God says, Joshua 6 verse 3, You shall march around the city, all your men of war, you shall go around the city once, you shall do this six days, the seven priests shall, shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark, but the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets, it shall come to pass when they make the long blast with the ram's horn, that you shall hear the sound of the trumpet, and all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. So strange strategy to take down a city. But this is God's strategy. God's strategy doesn't always make sense. Sometimes it's conflicting with everything that you know, you believe, or you've studied. But that's the O. You need to obey the methods. You need to obey, or you need to trust the methods of God. Many times His methods won't make sense in the natural. See, God says in order for you to keep, you must give away. In order for you to get more, you must give more. In order for you to be the first, you must be the last. In order for you to be a leader, you must be a servant. If, if someone blesses you, you must curse them. If someone slaps you on the left cheek, you must give them the right cheek. You know, pray for those who persecute you, who, who spitefully use you. It doesn't make sense. But we need to trust the methods. And I believe God purposely gives us strange methods to inherit our blessings because it takes faith to do these things that makes no sense in the natural. Because when you see the results of obeying them, no matter how funny or senseless it sounds, you'll know, had to be God. No way this could have happened. 
had to be God. Only God could have done this. That's O. Obey the methods. Today, if you've been praying for the nation, you need to trust His methods. Funny, you see Christians praying, we are praying, only God can help this nation. And then the moment the government changed and this guy became the prime minister, we are doomed. This is the end of it. And I'm like, weren't you just praying? So you're saying that God didn't hear your prayers? God doesn't know what He's doing? You're panicking because He's not answering the way you expected Him to answer. Amen? To His God who is his hope and he says I will yet praise him I will let this, this, these are not prayers that he is saying to God these are conversations that he is having with himself this is called repenting when his mind is going in a particular direction he's deciding to change his mind and align it to who God is God was his hope Listen, you may have a reason to be down, you have a reason to be depressed, you, but you need to know that you are not without hope because God is on your side. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will finish the good works that He began in your life. You are not without hope. Come on, tap the person next to you and say, there is hope. There is hope for you. There is hope for you, Kezia, get up. There is hope in Jesus' name. Come on. There is hope. You are not without hope. Redirect your soul. Change the conversations. The scripture says, put on a garment of praise for a spirit of despair. You see, if you read that psalm, uh, David was actually going through some form of despair. He was feeling down. But he puts on a garment of praise. Yet I will praise him. He starts to worship him and pray. And, it, and when you have a spirit of despair, that's the best thing to do. A spirit of heaviness, a spirit of depression. Start praising and worshiping God. Amen? David speaks to his soul. He commands his soul. Another psalm, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. When you're finding it hard to bless God, to worship God, to praise God, he says, forget not his benefits. He ta- he's speaking to himself. Listen, don't, have you forgotten what God has done for you? Don't forget what he's done. And I spoke two weeks ago about remembering your history with God. Forget not your benefit. He forgives all your sins. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness. So God comes to Joshua. He says, Joshua, see... I've given you Jericho. Joshua first had to develop a vision for his future based on what God was saying, not based on what the circumstances were saying. Then Joshua needed to obey the methods of God. So what Joshua does after this is he he conveys this information to his people. He says, this is what God's going to do. In Joshua 6.6, he says, Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest, said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant, let the seven priests uh, bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, proceed, march around the city. Let him who is armed at once before the ark. So basically he goes on and he tells them what God had asked him to do. And then he says the armed men, 
uh, went before the priest, they blew the trumpets, the rear guard came after the ark, and while the priest continued blowing the trumpets, and then it says in verse 10, Now Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed from your mouth until the day I say to you, Shout, then you shall shout. So Joshua relays the plans to the people. Okay, so this is the strategy. This is what God says we must do. We must gather. We're going to be marching around six days, seven days. We're going to march around seven times. And, 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 and this is what then we're going to shout. And, and God's going to give us Jericho. But Joshua adds something to the instruction that God had given them. He adds verse 10. If you read the instruction that, that God had given uh, Joshua, verse 10 wasn't there. This particular bit wasn't there. He adds this bit where he says, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth. Basically, he told, he, he's telling the people, you need to shut up through this entire process. So why did Joshua add this to the instruction, to the direction? Because he was there 40 years ago when a bunch of people couldn't shut up and they allowed their mouths what they were saying to rob an entire generation of their inheritance simply because of what they were saying so what he does the third s he silences the doubts and we need to silence the doubt that was joshua's game plan proverbs chapter 10 verse 19 says too much talk leads to sin be sensible Keep your mouth shut. Like I said, Joshua was there 40 years ago. And he said, okay, now I'm leading the army. We're going to take this. And I'm not going to allow the same thing to happen. Not on my watch. I'm not going to allow people to prevent us from inheriting our promises, our blessings, simply because of their negativity, simply because of their doubt, robbers of the promise of God. So I'm going to tell the people, shh, nobody is supposed to say anything. Keep your mouth shut throughout this entire process until I say speak. So you can imagine these people walking around the wall. Silence. I'm sure a lot of them were wondering what's going on, what to say, or looking at each other. All of them, silence. And listen, they had to watch, they have to walk one round and go back to their tents. He didn't say, when you go back to your tents, you can talk. He just says, be silent until I tell you to shout. So they went back to their tents, they were still silent. Because some people are silent when doing what God's asking them to do. But when they go home, their mouths, I tell you. Some people are silent in church, praise you heard what pastor said. Huh? Huh? Why are you all like that? Huh? So God, he says, silent. Silent. Sometimes what you say at home is cancelling out, is robbing you of the promises that God has for you. So we need to guard what comes out of our mouths. And then finally, it came to pass on the seventh day, they rose early 
about the dawning of the day, march around the city seven times in that same manner, and only and on that day only they march on that day only they march around the city seven times, and at the seventh time it happened when the priest blew the trumpet. Joshua said to the people, "Shout, for the Lord has given us the city." So the people shouted. The priest blew the trumpet. It happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. The people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell flat. Now. I started with saying this The promised land Was given to them by God It is a blessing from God Many of us have prayed and asked for things uh, Asked God to bless uh, areas of our lives But in that promised land There were giants that they needed to overcome There were walls that needed to come down you know, sometimes we think, hey, if God promised me this, if God says this is going to happen, why am I facing this obstacle? Why am I facing this challenge? Listen, this obstacle is not there to stop you. This obstacle is there to show you that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. This obstacle is there to show you that you are more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. If not for the obstacle, you wouldn't know your potential in Christ. Amen? So if you're facing a discouragement right now, if you're seeing some giants right now, listen, God has not changed His mind about your future. God has not changed His mind about your destiny. The giant is there only because you have the potential and the ability to overcome it and step into all that God has for you. Amen? See! Start seeing the promise of God. Start obeying. His word, trust in His methods, regardless of how absurd it may seem. Trust Him, trust Him. And silence the doubts. Sometimes you'll be tempted to say things or cancel what God is doing in your life over your words. Shh, don't say anything. Don't say anything, amen. You know, some promises happen immediately. Some walls come down just like that. But some require a bit of a fight. Some require for you to lay hold. Some of it is a process. I like that uh, scripture in Exodus chapter 23. God is talking about the promised land and uh, about the children of Israel. He said, I will send the hornet ahead of you to drive out the Hewites, the Canaanites, the Hittites out of your way. Then he says, but I will not drive them out in a single year because then the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Then he goes on to say, little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of this land. Come on, little by little. Sometimes God does it all at one go. Sometimes, in fact, a lot of times, it's little by little until you have increased and are able to take possession of all that God has. So, you know, you're waiting for God to give you the blessing. God is waiting for you to increase. Come on. God is waiting for you to increase. There are areas of your life where you need to increase in so that God can release the blessing into your life, into your future. Come on, let's stand.